0: the biggest challenge was getting the word out. And finally, it seems like we've got a foothold, you know, with aphasia, it's just, it's just a challenging condition to people tend to really withdraw, right? So, and family members oftentimes don't exactly know what it is. They don't know the word aphasia. So that combination of factors just may, it just makes it challenging to find the individuals who can truly benefit.
1: Welcome to the Listen for Life podcast with Genevieve Richardson. Genevieve is a speech-language pathologist rehabilitating adults with communication challenges after a stroke or due to a neurological impairment. Get equipped with knowledge from experts in the field and professionals you need to know. We'll hear stories and experiences from others who are navigating life with aphasia. So put your earphones in and take a walk outside. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community a resource, and a support system. We're in this together. Do life.
2: Good morning, everybody. I hope you are all well on this beautiful sunny day. Today, my guest is Dr. Kathy Torrington-Eaton. She is a professor specializing in aphasia, and she is at University of Texas Health systems department of communication sciences and disorders so we'll bring kathy up and we're going to get to find out about all of the amazing programs they have going on in san antonio and how they support and how she is supporting the aphasia community all right here we are hello kathy good morning good morning thank you so much for being here i This is a little out of my comfort zone, but I'm getting better at it. And I am grateful that you are here to tell us about what you're doing at UT Health San Antonio, your new program. And let's talk a little bit about the grad program and the summer intensive that you have going on this summer and what all of that looks like. This is our third year
0: Doing running an intensive aphasia program. It's a two-week program for individuals with aphasia from the community. We run three sessions total, and two of the sessions are for people with post-stroke aphasia, and one session is for individuals with primary progressive aphasia. We have returning clients that come and participate. We also have a lot of new people that are joining us. The program is great because it, not only are we working with people with aphasia and providing valuable services that oftentimes people can't access on their own, they're out of insurance, they're, you know, they they can't find a therapist in San Antonio. So we're providing that service, but also we're training our graduate students. So we've got our they've completed one year of classes. And now this is their first clinical encounter. So I like to say that our patients, our people with aphasia are training these brand new, fresh, excited uh, clinicians to work with individuals. So so programming consists of both group therapy and also individual therapy. And the, the group therapy we have a theme per day, that theme is introduced in the morning, then people with aphasia go off with their respective student clinicians and work on individual goals for a couple of hours. And then they come back and work on whatever that theme of the day is. So the, the day, you know, it's a four hour day, but it tends to go pretty quickly. So for everybody, students and and our patients. So that is our program in a nutshell. We're still, we still have a few more slots actually that need to be filled in July. And this is for people who have sustained a stroke and are living with aphasia and are interested in being part of this program. The specific dates are July 10th to July 20th. It's a Monday through Thursday program in the morning. 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. So for anybody that's interested in listening, that's available. So, and I can, I can put in the chat our contact information.
2: Yes. So I put that in the chat. So viewers, whether they're watching live or see the recording, it'll be under the comments section. So stroke survivors with aphasia who live in San Antonio, July 10 through 20, Monday through Thursday. Beautiful. So I would love to hear your insights, Kathy, as this is, this is coming into our third year, not our, this is your baby, not mine. I was lucky to be a supervisor last year and I'm going to be again this year, but tell us about how the program has evolved and what did you think it would be when you started it three years ago? And I know you're still working out the details for these sessions. Tell us a little bit about that. The main
0: thing that's evolved is is the level of interest. And, you know, we worked the first year, we worked so hard to to come up with three patients for that first session. The the biggest challenge was getting the word out. And finally, it seems like we've got a foothold, you know, with aphasia, it's it's just a challenging condition to... People tend to really withdraw, right? So, and family members oftentimes don't exactly know what it is. They don't know the word aphasia. So that combination of factors just may it just makes it challenging to find the individuals who can truly benefit. So year one, our primary, I would say our primary challenge was actually finding participants now we're we're up and running and we're doing pretty well again we've we've got a few more positions to fill but in terms of programming um it's always been our focus really is a, on total communication right the goal is communication it's not it's not verbal language necessarily so we really we really have focused on other modalities of communication, you know, you can use facial expressions, you can draw or or write single words. Our, we, we work hard on training communication partners. So that can include spouses, certainly. But last year, we had, for instance, some band members from an individual's band that came to learn how best to communicate with an individual with aphasia, how to support that that person in communicating. So again, we are we are really focused on total communication. The goal is communication. It's not perfect, it's not, you know, we do in individual sessions, we work on each individual's challenges. And that does include, you know, let's put together sentences, let's improve word retrieval, let's, you know, work on grammar. We do focus on those things, but ultimately at the end of the day, what we want is communication. So, and I th- I think again, we, as you said, we're always evolving. We we certainly can improve on this front, but that's that's kind of our big push. And I'm trying to think what else. Well, you 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 tell me what am I missing.
2: Uh, so what I really love about the program is how the students rotate in the mornings and they present the topic, the topic for for the day. And then that carries over into the individual sessions, working again on total communication and or impairment level treatment, which is great. But I really loved the advocacy that each person with aphasia came away with. They, they, they started wherever they were in their aphasia journey. And they evolved to a much more empowered, self-confident person and not hiding away. Mm-hmm. That's what I saw over the two weeks last yeah. summer.
0: Yeah, and something that we are adding this year also. We're doing a and this is something that that I picked up from Aphasia Access, our summit yeah. that we attended, where in those two weeks we're going to the students will have will be working with each person on an achievable goal for those two weeks where the last session they're going to be teaching the group something so that could be you know something about their their prior profession and, and expertise that could be it could be you know this this stemmed from a patient that we once had who at the end of those two weeks gave his his speech at his daughter's wedding. That's what he wanted to achieve. We had another individual who wanted to just tell the story of his marriage with his wife who had just passed away. So, so those, whatever the person decides to, to present to the group, it's, it's something that can be worked on in those two weeks and it's an achievement. So because just because you have aphasia doesn't mean that you can't continue to achieve lifelong goals Absolutely. Um, those are two week goals or, you know, over the course of years, whatever. So, and if I can just caveat into the, the goals in general, that's another focus. Another thing that we're tweaking is we're working hard with students on writing really functional, meaningful goals. So uh, oftentimes we see speech language pathologists in the community who haven't been trained on writing really good goals and they they you know the goal is to produce a three-word sentence and that's in a vacuum you know it it doesn't have anything to do with real life there's nothing wrong with being able to do a three-word sentence but we want it in a specific context with 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 loved ones we want we want it about a topic that a, a person really cares about you know we we want to target those goals to be really meaningful. So we've worked hard on training the students, or I've worked hard over this last semester on training them on writing functional goals, on meaningful goals, and we're gonna, we're hoping this pans out better this year. So again, another thing that we're kind of tweaking. I did see something in the chat on what we teach for partner communication. Do you want me to- So I'll
2: pop this up here. So Shaylee asks, what are some of the strategies that you teach for partner communication?
0: That's a great question. So, and this is, well, let me address that question and then tell you about another thing that we're doing with our programming. So there is, we, we train communication partner training using a specific model that's published out there. It is comprised of two different areas. First is acknowledging competence. And the second area is demonstrating competence. And so let me go with the acknowledging competence first. We want people, partners of individuals with aphasia. We want the communication partner to acknowledge that that person with aphasia is a competent individual, you know, this is an adult sitting in front of you, somebody that has a has life experience and knowledge and all this. So we teach our communication partners to use a very natural speech style. It's slower, but very natural, you acknowledge that the aphasia is there, you know, you don't need to ignore it. And but but yet be understanding and compassionate. So that's the part that we train on acknowledging. And it's kind of understanding and you know really having a deeper level of an understanding of what aphasia is that's part of acknowledging the second piece in communication partner training that we we really work on is can, consists of three more three parts so the first is and this is allowing the individual with aphasia to demonstrate their competence so not only has the communication partner acknowledged their competence, but now we're allowing them to demonstrate. We do that by one, giving them a means to express themselves. So that can be through gesture, through writing, through pointing to things in the environment, through, you know, whatever verbal output comes out. So that's allowing them to demonstrate through expression. We also want to dem- allow them to demonstrate through understanding what we're saying so again we're using we're writing keywords we're using props in the environment we're trying to get the message in so so you can think of it as allowing the message to get out allowing the message to get in and the last thing is verification so when a person with aphasia communicates something it might not be as efficient as they would like And oftentimes communication partners don't understand correctly. We want to make sure that we did understand that message. So the last piece is verifying the intended message. So acknowledging competence, demonstrating competence, and under demonstrating competence, that's three different forms. So that's what we train in a nutshell. When we bring conversation partners in, that's what we're training on. Now, here's my... How, my related subject that has to do with our summer program. And that is, we're also, one of our big goals is we know that people with aphasia, when they have, when they access healthcare, they're treated really poorly because healthcare providers don't understand aphasia. They should, you'd think they would, but they don't, they, they're they not educated on it and they don't treat these individuals with the respect they deserve, and they don't know how to communicate with individuals with aphasia effectively. So one of our goals here at UT Health is to train professionals, up-and-coming professionals from other disciplines to communicate with people with aphasia. So we're bringing in, we're integrating students from other professions. Last summer, we had pharmacy students, we had occupational therapy students, and we had Physician assistants, students, and we invited them into the program to train them in real time on how to communicate effectively with a person with aphasia. And we're going to continue that that program. We're doing some research over the course of next during our sauna programming, which we haven't gotten to yet. But we're going to be inviting more students to participate, and we just have a lot of goals. We're, we're pl- a lot of big plans to continue to grow that side, because again, it's a real push to get healthcare providers on board with providing better service, being able to provide services to a person with aphasia. So love it,
2: get it, get them early, right? That we're we're training, you're training the grad students, but you're also training all these allied health professionals. I thought it was fascinating to watch The the I think I saw pharmacy and the physician assistants in the first session last summer Mm -hmm. and how they came in with a certain idea of how to approach a person with aphasia and how they evolved it, because what did they do like switched rooms every five minutes? So they got exposure to several different individuals with aphasia and just seeing how each of those professionals evolved and how they were asking questions and how they started to slow down or, you know, just apply the training real time. So it was very exciting. It yeah. was great to see. Love it.
0: Yeah, no, It it is. It's fun to watch them grow as well. And, and again, the goal is to bring in nursing, to bring in physicians you know frontline healthcare providers who really should we assume that they know these skills but they they don't and so that's that's our that's the direction we're going in to try and get san antonio on board
2: and i also think that them having that initial exposure if they have a client in the future in their you know world and they don't know how to communicate with aphasia. You, your program has opened the door for that professional to call and ask questions.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that's tremendous. Like, you know, just hey, you you interact with somebody and you want to do something different. We're always here to answer your questions. We'll we'll help you, and and that's bridging a gap too. We we're bridging the gap for folks who become isolated because of their aphasia and we're bridging the gap with how the individuals with aphasia interact with the professionals, at least the medical professionals in their lives. Oh, it's exciting. Love it. It is exciting. Yeah. Yes.
0: And that we're, do you want me to address? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we have another question here. Lily is asking how many people are generally in a group?
0: So our sessions are comprised of nine participants, nine individuals with aphasia. So the groups are with the nine. Sometimes, depending on how the how the task or the activity is planned, we'll break up into partners or small groups teams, but it's but the point is to get interaction going.
2: So yeah. And I love the families. That attend with their person with aphasia, they get to interact also in the group and they get to see other people who have aphasia and it just becomes a community. I, you know, I remember the last day of the session I was in last summer and they're like exchanging phone numbers and they're like promising to keep in touch. And that's just tremendous mm-hmm. just to have that support to know you're not
0: alone. That's exactly right.
2: So we have another question here. Penry is asking about an example of a theme. He's worried he won't fit in or be able to relate to the theme. Oh, interesting question. Mm-hmm.
0: No, that is a, an interesting question. And I, I guess the way to answer that is not every theme is probably going to resonate with you. You know, in the past, we've had a, a drawing theme some people didn't love it right but they did it they the again the goal is interaction so even if you don't particularly care for the theme or if it doesn't seem as relevant i think i think that interaction piece is what you take with you another thing that we are implementing this year is on our goals everyone with aphasia will have a goal of what they want to achieve during the group so that might be initiating one comment, or per group, or, or, you know, answering, whatever the goal is, every individual will have something that they plan to achieve during group. So I don't, you know, the, the question is, in what way it is Henry worried about not fitting in or being able to relate to the theme? I think our students do a great job of tailoring to their person. So, you know, we will if it doesn't seem like a theme that that fits or 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 it doesn't make sense to you or whatever, the students are there to support. So, and it's just, you know, our our program, our community is just really supportive. I just it it's hard to describe the level of support and love that goes on in these groups. And I know we need to, I also want to talk about not just our summer program, but the year as well, because the, our work during the year and our meetings during the year are an extension of our summer program. So even if you don't participate in our summer program, we meet once a month as a group. And again, it's,
2: it's to have that connection. So here we go. I'm pushing buttons. (laughs) So this is our segue into the San Antonio Network for Aphasia. This is your the group you were just referencing. Tell us some more about this, Kathy.
0: So this just started last year, but we will continue it and expand on it. But going into this year, basically it's we're meeting the first Thursday of every month during the semester. So it's September through December and then February through May. And I, our email distribution list is growing. If you're, if this is, if you're in the San Antonio area and it's something that you're interested in, I'm, I'd love to hear from you and put you on our list. I send out an email reminder every month and we meet as a group for about an hour and a half. Again, we have a theme, some, something to interact about and for the evening, And, and the goal really is just connection. It's, it's about, you know, it's in our name, San Antonio Network for Aphasia, where we're connecting both individuals with aphasia and also family members of people with aphasia who also need that support and who, who understand, I mean, who better to understand what you are up against than other people that are in the same boat. So, so that's.
2: That's our program. (laughs) You're doing amazing things in San Antonio for the aphasia community. Love that. Do Mm -hmm. we have time? Can you hang on for one more question, Kathy? Sure. All right. So let's pop this up. It's a, looks like it's a two part question. So Oliver is asking, do you train the healthcare professionals that because the person can't speak, that doesn't mean they can't hear? Great question Oliver, very insightful.
0: It is. Yes, that is certainly part of that. If so not only are we treating uh, teaching strategies for healthcare professionals but we're also teaching them what aphasia is so that they really understand. That comprehension piece tends to be the trickiest part where for everybody, you know, to understand that the person that you're talking to doesn't understand everything that you're saying that, tend, and it's not because of their hearing, it's because of the language as everyone listening to this knows. So we do, we definitely are working with healthcare professionals. That's part of their training is what is aphasia and giving them an idea of both the expression and the comprehension, what that means. So, yeah, exactly.
2: Speaking louder, unless you have a hearing impairment on top of aphasia, speaking louder does not help. No. Yeah. Well, those are some great questions. Thank you, audience, for opposing those. Kathy, any final words, anything you want to wrap up with?
0: So we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> we, we're sending, Genevieve is helping to get the word out.
2: Ooh, yeah. oh, yes. Yes
0: through both our website, which is posted from what uh-huh. I understand, and then there's also a YouTube link. We just put together a medical minute that talks about sauna. And again, if you have the means or the opportunity to spread that even more, even further, we, we just want to reach as many people as we can in San Antonio okay. to, to get them into the network and And as Genevieve is all about, you know, this is, this is part of living life, even with aphasia, you live life. So we want to get you connected and we're here for you.
2: Wonderful. Well, I will do my part and get the word out. That's part of why I added the live show component. Just, it's a, it's a fun way to start interacting with more people and, you know, like our, the folks that pose questions today and then. This episode, Kathy, just so you know, translates to the podcast next week. So it's a one-week delay. So... All of this information will go out to the listeners, the subscribers on the podcast. And just as a reminder to those of you listening here, if you have not subscribed to the podcast series, there's a QR code up in the top. Well, at least maybe I'm pointing to the right corner. It's up in the top corner. And if you click on that QR code, it will ask you for your first name and an email address. And you are signing up to get an email notification each week about our upcoming episode and as a subscriber, you get a summary of all of the goodness that we talk about each week. So in the summary for this episode, for example, Kathy, I'm going to list out all of those points that you talked about, about communication partner training so that there's a take home actionable piece of knowledge that people can download from each episode that we put out so trying to disseminate the information any way that i can i'm grateful that you are here thank you so much for your knowledge and your expertise and the innovative programs that you guys are launching at ut health san antonio thanks genevieve you're you're a great collaborator everybody have a lovely week.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Listen for Life podcast. We hope you feel empowered and supported. Head over to listenforlifepodcast.com to see the show notes with links and information from today's episode. Do you have a topic, a resource to share, or a guest recommendation? Inquiring minds want to know. Let us know in the comments section. Wishing you a fabulous week.